Um, this is not live. Um, we do re record it and then it's published after the interview, but it's not, but we are recording. Okay. Sounds good. So this is Family Electric Ghost. Uh, we interview indie musicians around the world since 2018. And today we have Chad Cheetah, and you are a LA-based vocalist, songwriter, and DJ and producer. And you do deep electronic pop type music. And we're gonna wanna talk to you for the next uh, several several minutes, probably up to an hour if you want to. Um, so, how are you tonight? I am doing well. I'm staying home. Um, it was raining yesterday in LA. A little bit better today, so. It was nice. I had uh, I walked my dog a little bit this morning, so it feels great to see the sun again. Yeah, we were in New Hampshire. We're kind of locked down. <laughs> oh wow! That's yeah, crazy. we yeah we've got like a bad COVID right now. We were doing pretty. We're not doing so good, so everybody's kind of like been kind of stuck. But mm -hmm. that's fine for me because I'm 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 an electronic musician. All my studio. <laughs> nice, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So I can pretty much create anytime I want, so it's not a big problem. But um and I do the podcast and it doesn't really matter where I am. But um mm -hmm. so so I sent you a list of questions that we always go through. Um mm -hmm. and we'll 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 talk about your bio as we go through the list of questions. But I always like to talk to the artist I talk to about like when did they first get into music and like what age did you decide that you liked music and it became something that was really important to you mm. um i think it was around five years old when i um my mom kind of realized that i really like to sing and i really just you know like music so she made me take some vocal lessons some voice lessons and some piano lessons and then um i just remember when i was in kindergarten like my teacher would ask me to be like sort of like the class conductor, you know, when we would sing. Like she mm -hmm. would just put me in front of everyone and kind of lead. And then all throughout elementary school and high school, I just kind of never stopped, you know, singing and playing instruments. I was always in choir and I had a best friend who I started a band with when I was in high school. And just you know never never kind of lost interest in it I always and also because being Filipino it was just really just really big in our culture so mm -hmm. it was just yeah, kind of always around I think it's like African-American we we have music as kind of like part of us you know my my grandpa played a banjo in Appalachia he was a coal miner oh nice. he could he could like pick up anything he could pick up right like accordion he could do a banjo he could do a flute he could kind of just mm -hmm. kind of like Appalachian hillbilly type of thing mm -hmm. it was like this heavy kind of you know Americana music mm -hmm. but, you know it's kind of like Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson and all that kind of stuff but it had this kind nice. of soul to it right and, yeah and you know it's like that, that's all I always got into it because a lot of my relatives they could just pick up instruments and right. I kind of found out that I gravitated to piano my brother picked up a fender and then boom he just could play it. you know it yeah. didn't take him that long he just read a couple chord books Right. You could play it. You know, I would say I just, you know, picked up, jumped on a piano and I started just being able to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And um, it just seems like something that's just, you know, like I started early age too, by like seven, nice. you know, going between a clarinet and a piano and organs and stuff. Wow. And I think it's just, 
gravitate toward music. Other people gravitate toward the, like other types of art. Mm-hmm. But um, it's interesting. You talk about you, 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 were, you actually played guitar in a in a band, a duo called the Dovetails. Right? Yes, but before that, I played in high school with you know just my best friends. Um, like you said, like mm-hmm. my best friend, she, like her dad was a musician in Hong Kong, so she was always around music too. Um, but um, I, I was always like I played guitar since I was eleven, and so I had a band, and I was singing for them, and I was also playing guitar. But um, here in the U.S., I um, we started a duo, a friend of mine and me, and it was called the Dovetails. So, like you, we were also playing like some Americana, and we would play like at dive bars, at casinos, at weddings. Mm-hmm. It was kind of just for fun until you know um, the casino just kind of one started paying us a little bit of money. So we were doing it like on the weekends for like almost a year. And yeah, it was really fun. But until, you know, you just, I think musicians, the hardest part about having bands and playing with people is, you know, the schedule clashing. And, you know, if someone decides to move far away, then, you know. Um, yeah, well, people get married. What happened to all my bands is all the guys right. got married. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it's. And then suddenly their girlfriends or their wives are like, stop doing that Uh, I'm so (laughs) familiar with that and that's also kind of like one of the reasons why I gravitated towards um, DJing and producing because Mm -hmm. um, I was able like it enabled me to kind of you know move by myself and kind of take it anywhere with me and not not have to rely so much on other people if whether they were available you know because the, the yeah the yeah. The, f- the most fun thing about music is when you get to play with you know people and so when that element was you know getting harder to kind of you know create like having people with you i think i found you know a lot of uh solace with electronic music and production that that's interesting because like i had been in bands you know i started with like rock bands mm-hmm then kind of gravitated toward punk uh-huh. rock and then new nice. wave because i'm in my oh, 50s nice. so i grew up <laughs> in the 70s yeah. right with people i used to listen to led zeppelin on vinyl because the act wow. was on vinyl. yeah <laughs> um so so then i went i was big into heavy metal and hendrix and then suddenly like the clash and the pistol sex pistol showed up uh-huh. and then like the ramones and then like wow that, that you don't have to be jimmy page you don't have to be hendrix you don't have right. to be that 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 much of a technical mm-hmm. player and then i was like but i was a keyboard player so i appreciated like the doors and i appreciated the allman brothers and punk which actually is kind of difficult mm-hmm. to play so but i like the idea of punk because it, it made it kind right of right you um, weren't so and it had a lot of yeah it was honestly right. i think what i liked about it um and then and then it made more people interested so you could find more people who'd want to join mm-hmm. the band you know kids who used to think it was you know silly or stupid suddenly they thought it was cool and then you could actually build a lot of bands but mm-hmm. you like you i people started kind of pairing off and i'd like well i was in the sense and i said well this is awesome because i watched a band like new order and the nice. cure and depeche mode and they're like you can do a lot with these synthesizers right. and i started picking up rollins and modes and you know hammond b3s and i was like oh i can just get sequencers and i can just build all this stuff mm-hmm. by myself yeah <laughs> and i just and i started going in that direction and i've been in that kind of direction i kind of had people come into the ghost a couple of times as guitar players or drummers mm. or things or i collaborate with people but a lot of times it's just me 
Um, and, uh, you know, it just works out in this world because like now today I'm not stopped mm-hmm. by this situation because I've been doing this right, for a while right. and I can keep on putting on music because it doesn't really mm-hmm. matter. That's very true. <laughs> but I, have, I don't have to connect with anybody. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that's what's happening now, like um, with like, you know, developments in technology and, you know, you can pretty much be your own you know, record label and record producer and do everything kind of yourself. You're not like confined to all the gatekeepers that used to, you know, have the equipment and have all the resources to kind of put you out there. You can do all that yourself, literally. What's cool about being into the Mm -hmm. dog and the DJ Mm -hmm. world is I can see you collaborate with other producers and other Mm -hmm. musicians. But, and the cool thing about when you're on a dog, you can just send somebody Exactly. It doesn't even matter where they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I did a whole collaboration in 2017 mm-hmm. with an actress oh, nice. from Los cool. Angeles. And we never met. Everything was on Skype calls. It was kind of pre-COVID, mm-hmm. right? We would we never met, but we kind of vibed together. We met on Instagram. Mm-hmm. She liked what I was doing. I liked what she was doing. We ended up doing a full record together. Awesome. She was an actress. You know, she does films and, and and but she was into like you know mm-hmm. edm and so i said well you know i'm into like like progressive electronic and funk and so we kind of did something i use hardware recorders and she was fl nice. studios and we kind of merged the files together and we worked on a project and you know it was it was kind of like well you can do that and i've, I've continued to do collaborations mm-hmm. like that i just did one with a spoken word poet from like wow. toronto but you can just you know people have to not put the limitations mm-hmm. on themselves. I know there's people who like to physically go right. to the studio. They like to sit there with mm-hmm. the other musicians. You know, drummers have a hard time today because they really want right. to be right. in a group. You know, but but you've got to find ways to connect. Mm-hmm. And some musicians, it's hard. Like, if you're a drummer, you're kind of stuck. Right. And drummers are kind of, that's a talent that's supposed to be played with other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's hard not to, to do that by yourself. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's some things you have to get into, maybe more production-oriented stuff. Right. But it's interesting um, that you've been able to to work on some of the songs I was listening to for 2020, mm-hmm. like Oh Oh Yeah, uh, yeah, and Blue, <laughs> uh-huh. and E11, uh-huh. <laughs> and Vintage the Bass. I, I like, I really like Vintage. Oh yeah, bass. that. I, mm-hmm. I, that that one I really oh like yeah, <laughs> I uh, collaborated with uh, a duo, an electronic duo. One that lives here in LA, and one is in um, in San Diego. And I actually met them through Instagram. They just sent me a message, and they said, That's "We'd cool. like to, yeah, we'd them. like to have you work <laughs> with us." And at first, I'm like, "Oh, you know, I didn't really take it seriously. I didn't think that you know they were actually gonna do it. it like like you, you know." Yeah. Um, I mean, like other people, I just wasn't, you know, sure how it was going to play out, you know, because I was so new to collaborating with electronic music artists that I wasn't sure how it was mm-hmm. all going to go down. But they said, oh, yeah, we have a studio that we work in. And I said, I was a little nervous at first, but I said, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. Like, what what have I got to lose, you know? Mm-hmm. And it turned out to be a really cool studio in Hollywood, really professional and um, uh, my sound engineer, Lucky, he's been doing it for a really long time. Uh, and I think they were sort of like uh, rappers, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if they were playing instruments, but I think they were rapper producers. And then now he he does um, 
music for movies and commercials, I believe, for TV. But so he he yeah, that's a big thing. Right, time. yeah, <laughs> that's where you want to go now. I agree. If you can't tour, if you can't get. Mm-hmm. You want to do, you know, you you got to do the um. Right, you got to get creative <laughs> with everything now because you yeah. just you you yeah. never know. But you know, being um music like it's it's sort of like COVID proof, like you said. You you know you can kind of like work from home and you can collaborate with so many people just from from being in one place that song has a really good groove I, I like your lyrics are just really yeah it's very <laughs> funky and it's kind of you know it's a yeah. little naughty and it's cool i like it because it's got this like i'm big into a band oh, called okay. funkadelic that had george Clinton. and funkadelic used to mix right. a lot of like funk and like they would have you know, like very sensual mm-hmm. stuff going on but it, it was just kind of it was all kind of not uh-huh. wasn't this right like yeah and and this has got a kind of funk beat, but it's got the right. medium feel, but it's got the <laughs> funk. Beat. Yeah, that, I, 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 yeah, I like that, you know, because that's kind of, I love like heavy Moog beats and, you know, really good yeah. bass lines and, and that very right. triggers. But then Oahu is more like synthwave. It's mm-hmm. very, like, very right. cinematic. Yeah. I, I like that kind of feel too, because <laughs> I, I like pads, you know, I like, I like synth pads, like polyphonic mm. synths, like Jupiter 8s and, dx7s and you know modes that i love that sound and some of your songs they kind of it's really interesting in 2020 between like oahu mm-hmm. and e11 and you've got like different types of electronic <laughs> music, you know if, uh, yeah and it's cool because you're not because some people are just one thing one yeah zone, one yeah, yeah yeah you've got to merge because you mm-hmm. work with other people and you've got Definitely. different vibes going on that your music is, is, is really cool. And I think it's cool. To Thank be diverse, you. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, sound. growing up, like I had so many, you know, cousins that listen and my parents too, that listen to a lot of different types of music. So I don't think I was ever, and my brother, he was really into heavy metal. So I think it was just mm-hmm. kind of just taking all of those influences and not being confined to one. Cause I think, I, I don't I don't see myself really con- being you know, you know I think when it comes to I guess marketing and all these things it's easier to market yourself if you're just like one thing because maybe yeah, you know yeah, people yeah. know what to expect and you know what to do but your agent exactly. knows how to work you yeah your agent's like one it could be simple if they said wait you tell them like I do every genre right, like, right. where do we like, put what? you right exactly (laughs) so i mean it's a struggle but also i think that's what makes it more fun and you know i've always just kind of i i see music as this fun thing it's almost like therapy for me so i never yeah yeah singer songwriters when i talk to Mm -hmm. singer songwriters they they often say that in the last three years most songwriters tell me that it's like dark that they it's like it's like going to the counselor and like going to their therapist right. if they had one but they they use music to you know when you think mm-hmm. all artists do this mm-hmm. painters do it you know actors do it they can channel mm-hmm. things that happen in their lives 100%. Into art. yeah mm-hmm. and i think that's the, the thing about being a creative person right. i, I agree that. i think like you know how i approach music is it's all um it's all through like just my experiences and it's all through the vibes and i see i feel like artists um they're like this portal from i don't know another world where you know they take in what's on earth and then it kind of goes through them and it comes out as you know um yeah, right. you channel it. like a lot of people say say that like the the whole like victorian mm-hmm. poets 
he used to talk mm-hmm. about the muse, like mm-hmm. M-U-S-E. And the muse was this idea, like all the big poets like Wordsworth and Blake and Tennyson, they all talked mm-hmm. about this muse. And basically it's that idea that this universal right. thing and poets mm-hmm. would call it the muse. You can call it this universal thing. You know, even the guy that mm-hmm. invented the Moog, when you buy a Moog mm-hmm. and you get the manual, he has this statement that says that he thinks he tapped into mm-hmm. some universal thing when right, he built the Moog. Right. That he felt like as even an inventor, he felt like he tapped into something when he created that wow. instrument that opened up this whole new world. And it's like, that's really cool because like the guy who mm-hmm. built it actually has the same right. vibe. And the people who play is yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like when I use Ableton, like the DAW that I use, I, I when I first um, learned about it, I felt like I was, you know, uh, like I jumped in a spaceship and I was learning how to, you know, kind of yeah. work it. And then, as as um, as the days went by, I felt like you know, the more that I knew about it, the more that the more I could create with it, I felt like I was taking off like this space and taking people with me. <laughs> You know, that's the really interesting thing about music, like whether or not you're using like a soft synth in Ableton mm-hmm. or using main stage or Pro Tools, it's all the same thing. The synthesizers, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm a hardware guy, right? So I have like Moogs and Rollins, okay. And Yamaha's. I have the physical synths, wow, because that's kind of where I came from. You know, mm-hmm. I'm in my 50s, so I collected them, wow. and they just they feel like guitars to me. Like if you get classic right. synths like Rollins and you know, Moogs mm-hmm. and, you know, Hammond organs, they they feel like authentic. Right. Right. So when, you, when you craft like kind of music, those type of instruments, you get a different vibe. Like if you, you know, it's because I use these type of instruments mm. and I, that's why I, I sound the way I do. You and, physically um, use them. Yeah. Yeah. Physical synthesizers that mm-hmm. do produce a different type of sound right. um, than what you can get because it's just, they're kind of like living things. You right, know, right. Every like, synth I have has a different character. That's awesome. And it, it, it's just, and that's why you kind of do it because I get close. I think I've talked to guitar players and horn players, mm-hmm. sax players, like jazz guys. They get really into that, like a relationship with their instrument. Totally. You know, I mean, they they have like they're tied to it. Mm-hmm. You know, and they feel they feel it, and the instrument kind of goes with them. And that's the cool thing about music that mm-hmm. whether you're using a, a like if you key in like you keyed into Ableton you started to feel it mm-hmm. right you started to create and every I think musician or artist producer feels their instrument you know and figures out how to communicate with their audience with you know yes yeah I think it's almost like an extension of yourself after spending after yeah after spending uh, the more time you spend with the instrument the more connection you can build with it and the more sort of you know you can connect with other people with it too but but definitely i i feel you on that um where it's almost like a relationship that you have because I've, ever since i started learning ableton i just you know i haven't lost interest in it i just want to like keep doing it you know yeah it's just, it's just interesting because like every time i was uh you know i always wanted to play guitar and oh, really? i never could i never could do it but i was good <laughs> at the keyboard and the right. funny thing my brother could just naturally play guitar but i couldn't Right, and then he was like, "Well, I can't play the keyboard. Mm-hmm. You know, you can play mm-hmm. it, and you." Can. And so he's like, "Okay, well, you know, we just deal with the fact that like I'm not great on the guitar. I tried it. I really can't get it, <laughs> but I, I really, you know, geared toward keyboards. And then I always figured out, I, I like, I wanted to like learn how to make my synths sound like guitars. Mm-hmm. So I spent a lot of time 
doing a lot of stuff with my synths to make them sound like guitars since mm. I couldn't play guitar. <laughs> and so I found ways to make them sound like, you know, heavy metal guitars and like Hendrixia and stuff. And, and it's just, you know, my, my frustration is like, I couldn't do it, but I found another way to do it. Right. That's also <laughs> how I feel with Ableton. And also I think, you know, I think there was like a blockage when I was growing up. I think, I don't know why, but I always, I, we grew up like just playing other people's songs. So we, ne I never really bothered kind of like making my own or writing my own, but I always, it was such a pleasure just being able to play. And then, yeah. but when I discovered Ableton, I'm like, I kind of like the blockage kind of went away and I'm like, you know what, I think I'm going to. I'm going to shoot my shot and just kind of like make my own and see what happens. And then, you know, when I saw that I was able to do that, I just, wow, it was like a whole new chapter. Just So when did open. that happen? When did you, when did you actually, cause that's one of our questions. Like yeah. when, a lot of people are musicians, <laughs> right. And they become like, they become classical musicians or mm -hmm. stereo musicians and they don't write their own stuff. You right. know, they might participate mm -hmm. and help. You know, they craft things. If you're a studio musician, you might play other people's stuff, but you bring uh -huh. your own feel to it. Right. But um, <laughs> but what makes you change to where? Oh, I I have the confidence, or I have the ideas, or I believe in my idea yeah. enough that I'm gonna write my own. It's yeah. it's a kind of a big step as a musician. I think so. To, yeah. To do that. I when think did that happen for you? I think it happened for me about two years ago. First, when I took a class to learn Ableton, I. You know, I, I, I just knew in my head I could do it. And then the funny thing is it um, I got the confidence. It's not even really for music. Well, maybe partly, but a lot of it, too, is because um, I used to listen. Well, I still do. I listen to a lot of like comedy podcasts because mm -hmm. there's a lot of stand up comedy here in L.A. And yeah, it's a good place for it. <laughs> yeah, I just. You know, I, I listen to a lot of comics and I just, you know, when I uh, hear them just talk so freely and so, you know, they just, they just don't care. You know, I just, it kind of, you got confidence yeah, I'm like, you know what, if they can say whatever they want and, you know, they, they feel great about it and they're very inspiring. You know, they talk about like where they came from and what the struggles that they go through. And I, I found myself relating to a lot of it in my own way. And so they, they just they're, um they, they were very inspiring and in how they just encourage you. If you're an artist, you just have to go, you know, go through it, even if it sucks, you know, some days, you know, you they yeah. were they were saying, you know, we go to 300 auditions and, and get, you know, get picked like twice you know it's like you just have to keep going you just have to look at failure as as part of the journey and you have to embrace that you know and I think I just it just clicked with me like I'm like oh yeah there's nothing wrong with failing you know even when I was playing guitar growing up like even if I couldn't play a chord you know today I could probably be able to play it like next week you know but it's all about like just trial and error trial and error and then um, I, I guess I, I got rid of that blockage and just, you know, kind of just believed in myself. And next thing I know, I'm actually finishing songs and wanting to do more. And and that was it. But I think really um, co comedy and hearing other people kind of, uh, you know, explain their journey and failures just gave me the confidence to, you know, go go for it myself. Well, I think it's also the fact is like a lot of times when you're a musician, like if you're a classical musician, you know, you're, you're doing Bach and Beethoven, right. Chopin, you're doing all that mm -hmm. stuff, right? And you're kind of like in this heady space where 
no, I can never exactly. Yeah. And the same kind of things like I can't be right. Jerry, I can't be Whitney Houston. Right. I can't be Jimmy Page. I can't be Hendrix. So that stopped a lot exactly. of people. Exactly. Like, who like, am I? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But then you have to kind of mm-hmm. realize, like, one thing I like, I, I think about the punk mm-hmm. movement was, you know, Johnny Rodden just got up there and he just did it. Joe Strummer right. from the class, he just right. did it. And then, like, you know, Joey Ramone from Ramone, they just came up there and did it. And, you know, Dave Burns from the Talking Heads, he just went up there mm-hmm. and did it. And then I'm like, you know what? That's kind of, that was the inspiration to me was, like, mm-hmm. punk, was that there are people that can come up there and be honest. Even, like, mm-hmm. a Bob Dylan. Like, Bob Dylan's, like, one of the greatest lyricists ever, but his voice is not right. perfect. It's not the most beautiful voice, but he says very beautiful mm-hmm. things. And you don't have to have a five-octave voice or a perfect mm-hmm. voice. If, if you can say something that right. means something and you believe mm-hmm. in it and you believe in your work, you don't have to be the best guitar player. But the fact that you wrote right. the song, that's the heart of being a singer-songwriter is that you can convey that story in the only way that you mm-hmm. could because it's your mm-hmm. story. You know, and I think that's what makes independent music good is that you don't have to try to be Frank right. Sinatra. You don't mm-hmm. have to be Mac and Cole. You're not trying mm-hmm. to be that. You're just being you. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> you know? I think so, too. And there's definitely, like, um, beauty in all of that. Like, And also keep in mind that all those, you know, big artists that you name, they also have, like, a lot of, you know, like, a whole team of people kind of, you know, telling them how to be and kind of building their whole image and doing a lot of things for them. So I think they're just held to such a pedestal, but we're not really exposed to all the uh, work that other people do for them in order to get them kind of to that level. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the professional top tier Mm -hmm. artists, they're in this totally different tier, you know, they get, they get, you know, the full support, they got the roadies, Mm -hmm. they got they got their you know entourage they got the t- planes and that's mm-hmm. a totally different level than than the like working musician mm-hmm. that you know it's it's a working thing and it's a passion it's like a lot of musicians i talk to at this level mm-hmm. for this podcast mm-hmm. are all independent usually musicians mm-hmm. some of them are on mm-hmm. labels but they're on very mm-hmm. small labels and it's just i, I like to talk to people in this zone because mm-hmm. i think that's where all the new stuff I agree happening. I agree you know? when like when I go on yeah. SoundCloud you know I don't even sometimes I don't really even know sometimes I'll forget their names or but I'll go on this really you know deep rabbit hole of just like uh, underground searching for underground music and just non-stop you yeah. know because that's where all the 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 new stuff is like stuff you will never hear on the radio stuff you won't ever you know, read about. Yeah, stuff you hear the the whiskey a go go and like right. you know, in New York the CBGBs, mm-hmm. right? CBGBs, like if you wanted to see something cool, you go to CBGBs and you see like Blondie or the Ramones before they were famous, right? right? You get to see exactly. these people that were doing like New Wave before New Wave was big, mm-hmm. right? So if you saw an early version of the Talking Heads, or you saw you know, uh, you know the early versions of the Ramones, mm-hmm. you know before they were right. big, and that's the kind. I grew up with college radio which was kind of before the internet, if you wanted to hear something cool, you'd listen to your local college Mm -hmm. station and they would play all this stuff, like REM. Like before REM was big, they were a college radio. Yeah, they were a college radio band on a really small label called IRS. Mm -hmm. And all these college DJs, I used to live near UMass, and these Amherst UMass Mm -hmm. DJs would play like REM and they'd play the talking head and they'd play all this stuff that you didn't hear on the radio. And I'm like, what is this stuff? 
And then yeah. like MTV came. Right. right. And then there's like, whoa, now I get videos to go with these faces. Yeah. And, and then there's like all this stuff that you still didn't hear on the radio. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, this is cool. And it was, that was revolutionary because you suddenly got exposed to all these right. bands you would have never got exposed right, to. Right, right, right. And today, you know, we get that on the net through Instagram mm-hmm. and social media. That's how I found you, <laughs> you know. It, I think it's really cool mm-hmm. that there's this alternative media that you don't have to listen to the radio. You know, you don't have yeah. to, you can go and, you know, go, you know, outside the radio programmers and find what interests you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. As a listener. For sure. I think I also, I really, really like um, Spotify's uh, playlisting and al- algorithm where you can yeah. just, yeah, <laughs> you could just like click, uh, listen to a song you like and then click on start radio, like, and then it just, um, recommends all these uh or lists out all these other similar songs or the similar vibe and you just you just i discover so many artists i would never have known about had it not you know been for the yeah no push like a lot of i don't know because my playlist i tend to listen to a lot of indie stuff it keeps on sending me all these indie bands okay yeah (laughs) so i'm always like listening to like you know television or mm-hmm. the, or uh, joy division or all these like early 80s new romantic bands from like 78 nice. and 79 nice. and 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 they would just it's a like, i'm a synth player so i'm really interested in in kind of that new wave mm-hmm. sound where, where it started mm. um with the early bands that did it from like you know you get it into bands like trap oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, <laughs> they, they were like the first like synth band mm-hmm. you know in, out of berlin mm-hmm. And then all these other guys started getting into it in 78 and 79 with like bands like like uh, Joy Division, which became New Order. Mm-hmm. And then New Order kind of inspired bands like Depeche Mode and, you know, Duran Duran for the world. It just created this whole different vibe that you could take these synthesizers mm-hmm. and create this whole vibe that now has become electronic music with DJs mm-hmm. and all, Ableton and all these dogs. Yeah. But back then it was like, okay, you had a Jupiter 8, you had a DX7 and you had these Oberheims you had this sound mm-hmm. that like, wow, this is different. You know, this is a different type of thing. And it just, uh, it still inspires me today. There's still a lot. Well, now it's become synth wave, mm-hmm. you know, and, or, you know, different types of electronic, you know, glitch pop and all kinds of weird yeah. stuff that I'm into. I really like Even this yeah. new thing, mm-hmm. like Dirge, like Dirge electronic. What is that? <laughs> Was it like lower, it's lower than 60 BPM. Oh, okay. So like, like what I've been doing is very slow DP, BPM. Mm-hmm out of space because mm-hmm. you're not running like 160 or 180 you're doing like less than 60 bpm mm. which when when you go that slow mm-hmm. then every note kind of rings out and you you hear all this space and you mm. can you can get into deeper things mm-hmm. because you're kind of doing like if you think it's kind of dirt it's like a funeral march mm-hmm. so it's kind of like a sad thing mm-hmm. but then you can put things into it that you can go in deeper places because you're going slower okay because you're going slower then it ends up being very meaningful when you do hit the notes mm-hmm. you have a lot more space between them <laughs> interesting yeah it's a different type of thing but uh but that's the good thing about electronic music i think you know we're always kind of just looking for you know different sounds to experiment with like one of our songs that we just released that i released with um evil rocket ship he told me that he was using some uh some sounds from uh the transformers i think he was using 
always sampled like transformers yeah it was using some sound effects from from that so i'm like oh wow no wonder they sounded really just different well, i love I loved sampling like this thing called granular synthesis where you you sample and mm-hmm. you do like field recordings mm-hmm. and you grab like some people will go grab like birds mm-hmm. or the sound of a yeah. forest yeah i think that's what the beatles Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did that. Yeah. George Martin was big into that. Like mm-hmm. he, I mean, the Beatles. A lot of people say, "Oh, you know, why do you quote the Beatles?" Well, because you know, Sgt. Pepper's mm-hmm. and Abbey Road are kind of why pop music is the way it is. Mm-hmm. Because the the layering that we do in Ableton and all these dogs, mm-hmm. George Martin is the beginning of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, George Martin and the Beatles, they did the layering that created that kind of thing. Yeah. So the the being able to multi-track recordings that we have today, right. most bands didn't do that. You know, mm. they, George Martin. The story behind him is that he actually did Peter Sellers' comedy records. Mm. So it's interesting you talk about comics, mm-hmm. but George Martin learned how to do multi-track recordings because he used to do Peter Sellers' comedy records in the mm. late fifties, oh. and those comedy records used to have multi-tracks of all kinds of sound effects, mm-hmm. backward tape loops, mm-hmm. orchestras. <laughs> they were very layered. Yeah. And it was interesting that the Beatles actually were fans of Peter Sellers. And when mm-hmm. they got George Martin as a producer, they said, hey, can we do some of that Peter Sellers stuff? Mm-hmm. And that's how they got to Sgt. Pepper's because they had a guy that knew how to do that kind of multi-track experimentation as a studio as an instrument mm, and then so that's cool. why we have today this kind of ability to kind of go anywhere we want to with these dogs or multi-track recordings yeah. you know it gives you the ability to kind of layer your world yeah you know, and create like a sound painting what mm-hmm. i call them sound paintings <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and electronic music they'll they'll just you know take out like a saying from uh, a movie or something and just create like a drop around that <laughs> Yeah, it's, you can just layer anything. You can grab yeah. a, a sample, do a clip, mm-hmm. put it into a like, like a, like a, like a. I, I do some samples that have this thing allows me to do what they call splices and genes. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it breaks the sample down, and then you can kind of do uh, time warping. Mm-hmm. So you can take like the first thirty seconds of a song, and then take mm-hmm. the last. 120 seconds and make it happen at the same time mm. and then you can make all kinds of strangeness happen because you can take any moment in time and make it cross mm-hmm. happen right. at the same time right. and you can have things go backwards and forwards at the same time mm-hmm. and it creates a lot of layering mm-hmm. and a lot of unique opportunities where you're like okay well, i can mm-hmm. take this beat mm-hmm. and like warp it and then change it to something i didn't even anticipate right and, and and I think that's what's cool about electronic music, where people yeah. really like it. So you get very strange mm-hmm. sounds that you haven't been heard mm-hmm. or, or beats that you maybe didn't think you could do. You kind of make these glitchy yeah, right. in time. And it's, I think that's what the whole kind of excitement yeah. <laughs> about electronic music is that you, you can do this. You know? I totally agree. Like, I mean, I love just, you know, playing guitar and singing but the whole electronic music scene just changed everything for me i just you know i think it just added so much more fascination for music i i I just feel like now i will never be bored (laughs) you know because i have music to play with like on the computer and i i can create with anybody literally whenever i want have you thought of like bringing some of your guitar yeah into electronic yeah. music. Cause I like mm-hmm. it when people actually Combine. take 
like a real guitar yeah. or like a horn or like an acoustic instrument and then bring mm-hmm. it into an electronic totally, platform. Totally, totally. then you can do some stuff that's really cool, mm-hmm. you know? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I also know um, some instrumentalists, like guitarists and even like a sax player where I can definitely, you know, just create like a beat or something, put some synths in it and, and sing a little bit and then he can just kind of enter with his little... You can just, you know, improvise yeah, with it, a, 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 an ad lib or something. But yeah, it's. Yeah, it's always mm-hmm. good. So do, do you like playing live um, when you had, have you played a lot of live gigs with like, um, or are you like working as a DJ and you just run it and then sing over your tracks? I haven't done that. Or do you actually have like a full band? I used to, I mean, the only experience I have playing with electronic music live is through DJing like I haven't experimented yet with Ableton live and you know singing while DJing and you know doing all that yet but when I used to play live it would just also just be with my guitar and and with a band honestly and singing um I've that that is like the traditional way Mm -hmm. to do it and it's probably like the more authentic way to do it but nowadays because of the technology you know, if you come out with an MPC or you have your Novation, mm-hmm. right, you can, you can have your grid-based mm-hmm. system and, you know, you can do live performance. For, for me, what I did in 2017, I used to take all my sense and do like a one-person oh, nice. band <laughs> with, with all my sequencers and my mm-hmm. hardware sense. And I would go to New York, go into these clubs nice. and, and be able to show that one person can play mm-hmm. a gig all by themselves with yeah. all these sense. It sounds awesome. And so I kind of come in kind of like, like an 80s type of thing, but just have a big stack of synths and then have a lot of stuff going on where you do two hands on two different synths and all these drum machines and sequencers going. Mm-hmm. And it was cool because you could, you know, when you, if you get crazy with these synths, you can, you can play a live gig, you can mute and unmute mm-hmm. stuff. So it's the like same idea. Like if you had Ableton, you can like, you can like mute and unmute mm-hmm. tracks. So you could unmute the vocal and then sing with your track. Yeah. You can like, and then you could, if you're a musician, like you want to play that bass mm-hmm. line on, on, mm-hmm. on a keyboard, you could play the bass line mm-hmm. and sing it and have the rest of the stuff mm-hmm. unmuted. And so it allows you to do all kinds of cool stuff and depends on what you want to do that night. Right. Well, I'll, I'll mute the bass or I'll unmute the bass. I'll do the lead. Maybe I won't do the lead. Maybe I'll play mm-hmm. the drums. You know, maybe I'll do that. You can kind of just do whatever you want and it still gives you the spontaneity to kind of do a performance where it doesn't feel like you just run into like a beat and not do anything. Right. You know, you could actually, if you're a musician mm-hmm. and you know how to do it, you can actually integrate mm-hmm. with yourself, <laughs> with your yeah. own track. Yeah, that's definitely on my bucket list. I definitely want to be able to do that because that's also kind of like why I moved on with electronic music as well because I wanted more variety with my sound. And I didn't want to be confined with like a big drum, like lugging around a big drum set or a whole band. I wanted to be able to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can just run around with like a, like a a Kai Force or an Mm -hmm. MPC and you can live perform on the Mm -hmm. pads. You know, you can be drop, you know, be kicking off clips Mm -hmm. and then running beats and then singing over it live. You know, like Kanye West actually used to Mm -hmm. do this a lot. People used to see what he used to do. He actually used to go out with like Mm -hmm. a Kai MPC and then be kicking off clips and rapping mm-hmm. over it. Nice. <laughs> kind of like a DJ, but if you if you look at what those things are, it's like a grid-based system, and you're just kicking off the clips, and you can be somewhat 
like uh, you know improvisational mm-hmm. with. Yeah, it's kind of like like a DJ with a Pioneer board, you know, CDJ. You can mm-hmm. do that with these grid based systems, and they give you even more capability mm-hmm. because you you can have all this stuff kind of running, and you'd be kicking them off and then changing the order, so you could have a very authentic not stale feeling set right it's it it feels more live Mm -hmm. yeah especially on the grid-based systems that they have today and they're not crazy expensive and some of them don't require computers they can be Mm self-contained and so you can have your whole song just on this Mm -hmm. one thing carry it to the gig go and do it and then people are like wow (laughs) you know you then you because you yeah you can come in you look you look pretty quick you don't need a sound you don't sound stale. Mm-hmm. You don't sound like you're just mm-hmm. like you know phoning it in. Right, right. <laughs> and I think that's the thing musicians don't want to be mm-hmm. in a situation where they feel like they're phoning it in. They want to feel like they're part of it. Right, you know? right. I agree. Definitely. Especially if you're you want to sing your song. You want to like listen to your song. You want to sing it. You know. You want to. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's definitely on my on my list. <laughs> I'm just we're we're about to release a few more songs, a few more dance songs, um, with uh, Evil Rocket Ship. Evil Rocket Ship, and yeah. uh, you have a rapper you're working with, Kali Elijah. Yeah, Kali Elijah. He's from Palm Love Springs. It. Yeah, he's a very talented rapper. And Those songs coming out more in a mid year. Uh, mm, hopefully, hopefully early next year, but. Um, with Evil Rocket Ship, uh, because we were actually actually shooting a video for uh, the songs as well, and we want to release them as we release the video. Oh, so, awesome. yeah, um, hopefully by spring or um, uh, maybe before summer. But so you know. you're waiting to kind of be able to tour it because some people like you don't want to release it if you can't like do shows, or are you gonna? <laughs> Are you kind of like okay? We're not we're not going to do shows. We're just going to do videos. We don't need to do shows. Some bands are kind of stuck on the like right. they 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 don't want to put it out if they can't actually go to the club and do it mm. because they think they mm. think it's not going to be a good idea to put it out if it's not if they can't tour with it. You know, right? Mm. Well, not really. I mean, um, fortunately, like Evil Rocket Ship, they're okay. I mean, they've already done their whole you know. Uh, touring and playing live so as long as they can just put out music and keep doing it and you okay, know cool. so they're not videos. stuck in that kind of speed. the videos no. good enough to get on youtube yeah to get out there. yeah yeah just as long as they can you know keep doing it and me i i mean i suggested definitely let's let's um arrange it in a way where we can definitely play this live that way we can set up some shows and sell tickets you know yeah, yeah. and they're not opposed to the idea at all because one one half of the group is actually a dj he djs in san diego regularly and he should be able to do that yeah 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 definitely so that's that that that's on our list too we're not i'm not going to be opposed to playing my songs live for sure i think that would be a good opportunity to experiment with you know like you that's said that's a good thing when i talk to musicians like they did there is this consideration when you write a song mm-hmm. that like, how am i gonna do this live like there's some right. songs that <laughs> if, if you you know there's this history of songs right there's certain songs like you know if you think about bruce Springsteen's born to run right it's layered mm-hmm. in this phil specter way which got like tons and tons of overdubs mm-hmm. now his band is big so they can pretty much do it right and you know he had a very big band you know like 15 mm-hmm. piece band so they can pretty much do all the parts. 
But mm-hmm. like when you do something like that, you're a four unit band, right? Or a mm-hmm. three person band, and right. you do like twenty overdubs. Mm-hmm. When you when you go to play that live, like you're not really gonna be able to do that. Right. I know. <laughs> so, we we gotta figure out a way how we can do that. But you know, well, there I are mean... ways today, but they kind of lock you into the sound if you have to run all the mm-hmm. backing tracks. Mm-hmm. Then then when you go, then you're kind of if you if you go out there and you keep all your backing tracks. Then you're mm-hmm. kind of locked into your backing tracks, which means right. you have less freedom to riff. To to so control, you, yeah, to improvise yeah. on stage. Yeah, so you have to be Agreed, really tight. Yeah, yeah with That's the song, you're like you got to be very tight on it, and you got to mm-hmm. rehearse it. And <laughs> you get so if you're if you're more like a four piece rock band, yeah. you could have your song, but mm-hmm. if you go out there and the bass, drum, guitar player, you know, another, another guitar true. player, you can kind of okay. Well, whoever, however you feel that night, you can get away with it. Mm-hmm. But with some of the music today, you're kind of locked into it, and you gotta you gotta yeah. know it. <laughs> right? Yeah, that is you true. Know. You know, it's true. a different type of thing. <laughs> well, maybe maybe we can just have like a, create like a one hour set where we can, you know, create like a live version of whatever, you know. Yeah, song I mean, we a lot of it is kind of like how 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 tight you want. Right. Yeah, I think you can riff anything. You know, mm-hmm. I think if you if it's your music, it's your music, right? Mm-hmm. You wrote it. If you feel like one night to do change a lyric here or there or do a line there or, or not do a line or add mm-hmm. a line or, you know, keep it going longer than what mm-hmm. it was, you, you're free to, you know, I think that's why people go to see yeah, it. Yeah, totally. They, they don't want to see it because to get exactly to two minutes and 57 right. seconds. They do it because they want somebody to actually maybe when i was a kid i wanted to see led mm-hmm. zeppelin play that song different than what we absolutely done absolutely that was kind of i want to see the grateful dead because i knew they were going to do a 20 minute mm-hmm. set right. on one song yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. you know yeah <laughs> but uh i don't know if kids are in the same way today because some kids seem to like they want to hear it exactly no, the way they hear it on i Spotify. mean not at all because <laughs> Um, when I go to DJ shows, like when I go to electronic music shows, the DJ will, uh, he'll play all these, you know, they're called like VIP versions of the songs where you've never heard it anywhere. Like, yeah, they they haven't released it anywhere. It could be like a 20 minute version of one song, you know? Yeah. So you, you, it's very exclusive. It's very, you know, like. Uh, they're very rare sometimes and it's 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 really like it's very interesting to 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 hear that because you never you never kind of expect it you'd think you know oh it's electronic That's cool music. Thing about EDM. yeah yeah with edm you get these really long kind of epics mm-hmm. you know that you can you can extend something and then change it yeah. it's kind of like the old you know if you did an original hip-hop mm-hmm. that was on vinyl mm-hmm people would take these funk records, these James Bond records and Parliament records, and they kind of like riff yeah. them. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it became the rap, the, the original hip hop. Nice. There's all these funk grooves from like Earth, Wind and & Fire and James Brown, and then they started riffing on mm-hmm. top of them. And if you went to the back in the day, when I went to some of those shows, you know, they're running on the turntable, doing two turntables, and they're mixing, mm-hmm. you know, Shaka Khan and Rufus, and then rapping something right. over them. Yeah, or rapping something over cool, you know, cool in the gang. I mean, they just used to take a mm-hmm. riff and then just like make it up, and that's kind of yeah. what it is. And but back then it was very organic. Right. It was like on, on mm-hmm. vinyl. Wow. And they were just, and there was cool stuff you could hear with the vinyl. It's a little different than the mm-hmm. CDJs. Um, 
like in New York now, they they actually have clubs where you have to have DJs that do mm, fire. Yeah, I definitely. Because, yeah, because, they, because they, there's a different yeah, sound. You mm-hmm. know? <laughs> yeah, in LA, um, when I go to clubs, there's definitely like uh, an only vinyl room, and then there's a big stage for CDJs. But if you if you want to play in this one room, you have to know vinyl. Otherwise, do, you do. can't do it. Yeah. You probably got some purists that want to go in there and hear that kind of right. old school. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't blame them. <laughs> but if people can get whatever they want today. It's cool, you know. It's like like you know, I go to New Orleans and go listen mm. to blues because I'm a you know big mm-hmm. into blues. Uh, and, but then I might go to New York like a CBGB's and listen to a yeah. punk band. You know, like that CBGB's like punk, like a ba- a place like mm-hmm. that. But yeah, it is like to me. It's like I like every type Same. of music. I'll go listen to mm-hmm. country. I'll go listen to rock. I would listen to heavy metal, listen to death metal, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, if it, if it's cool and if I'm into it, I'll, I'll go check it out. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. I think that's the cool thing about music today. Cause there's a lot of genre cross. Yeah. And I see that in your music because like when you talked about like your, your original influence, your early influences, you had Alanis Morissette and then mm-hmm. Sade mm-hmm. and Bob Marley, <laughs> Bee Gees and Boys Demanded. So you've got like very cl- you know, like really like, uh, you know, R&B, mm-hmm. big, big names like Tony Braxton and Mariah Carey. But then Alanis Morissette is kind of this right. alternative. Yeah. Rock. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a totally two different sides, yeah. you mm-hmm. know. And then Bob Marley and the Whalers, that's a totally different genre. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then your current influence, like Destructo and Rufus mm-hmm. Soul and Farrakh Diamond, Blood Tone. It, it's cool because you're mm-hmm. like... You're like the way what I like to see an artist is like very diverse. Yeah, influence. definitely. I mean, I remember when I would make my cousin a playlist because he's really big into music too. I'll just put all the genres in there. He's like, "What is this? I don't even know what's coming next." I'm like, "Don't blame me. Cool. You know, <laughs> just hit random and see what happens." He's like, "Wow." It's an education. I think it's people who, who limit themselves to any one genre, I think, are missing out. I agree. It's kind of like the whole thing with music is it's great to get into classical. It's great to get into jazz. I love jazz. And mm-hmm. I'll get into bebop mm-hmm. and Miles Davis and Coltrane. And people are like, there's some people that can't listen to jazz because mm-hmm. they don't understand. Right. right. They can't mm-hmm. get into it at all. Mm-hmm. But, but, but to me, it's just like, oh, yeah. The musicianship in jazz is equal to like classical. Mm-hmm. You know, they, it's the same kind of talent right. level. And, and, and people either get it mm-hmm. or they don't get it. But it's like, it is kind of, of like a mm-hmm. line where some people like, they're never going to listen mm-hmm. to jazz. I mean, yeah, <laughs> especially avant-garde mm-hmm. jazz, <laughs> they, they just won't do it. Right. But. Well, I think you know, like what you said earlier. I mean, music is all about just kind of telling a story, you know. So if you apply that listening ear to it, and you're not, uh, it, it might get rid of your blockage. Like I will never listen to this or that. But you know, if 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 you just kind of look at it as like when you would watch a show, you know, all. What's that yeah. show about, or what's that song about? Like, uh, that's kind of how I approach music. There's always something. There's always something in there that you know that they're trying to tell you. Um, if you just listen hard enough, and which is like how I see. Like when I listen to techno, some people are like, "I can never listen to techno. I don't get it." I'm like, "Oh, it's very subtle. The differences can be really subtle, but very, very deep." Like if you follow the melody, if you follow the beat, if you follow, you know, just the atmosphere. Even it takes you on this whole, just cer- cerebral yeah, I just high. Love <laughs> 
Well, I like the use of the beats, like the drum machines. Mm-hmm. You know, people using like TV 303s and 707s, mm-hmm. 909s, mm-hmm. 808s, and then how they use mm-hmm. them. Like, because like a big thing about electronic music, you go back to like an 808 drum mm-hmm. machine or a 707 or a 727 or all the different drum machines that are parts of like different mm-hmm. genres, right? And like the Lin drum machine associated with Prince, and then you got 707s with certain types mm-hmm. of hip hop. And you know, eight oh eight and 909s, there's very specific machines that were associated with mm-hmm. certain genres um, because they have certain capabilities that actually, you know, the DJs or the artists in those time mm-hmm. periods use them to create iconic mm-hmm. sounds that actually represent the mm-hmm. whole genre. And it, it's a, a large part of like, you know, electronic music is like, is, is you know, understanding right. the history of how those instruments created right. that sound, like in right. disco. Like the use of the symbols or the use mm-hmm. of the drums, they create those kind of BG yes. beats or the Diana Summer mm-hmm. Summer beats. They're very specific. Mm-hmm. You know, like the the, re- the reason disco sounds mm-hmm. the way it is is what the drummers mm-hmm. are doing. You know what what the synth arrangements, like the string mm-hmm. arrangements on like Donna Summer records and BG right. records, there's a certain style. It's similar to like what you get in trance or EDM. It's a very right. specific stuff that creates yeah. that genre and. And I think what's cool today, like in hip hop, mm-hmm. you get artists that are mixing oh, yeah. jazz. And you have somebody that does says they don't mm-hmm. like jazz, but then if they listen to like, you know, some, some hip hop records, they have jazz infused yeah. into it. And so they don't even realize they're actually listening right. to jazz. Right. It's being infused into mm-hmm. the hip hop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some people, bec- I think also so- it's because some people just have an ability of fusing it really well where you don't even realize it. It's just nicely done, you know? And well, I think that's the best compliment to a producer or a DJ is when they fuse it and the, and the audience that, that says they don't like mm-hmm. it suddenly likes it, then, right. then you actually did your job. Right, right. <laughs> because suddenly you've converted people into a style mm-hmm. and you, you probably love that. You know, as a producer, you're probably like, you're listening to all mm-hmm. these records. You know, I, I think as musicians, we've got all these influences, mm-hmm. you know? And we have our favorite things and we kind of sneak them into yeah, music. Definitely. You know, or we unconsciously do it or consciously mm-hmm. put it in, hoping that, that we can get fans to convert mm-hmm. <laughs> to our way of thinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not always easy, but it definitely, it, it feels great when people are just moved by what you're doing. I mean, sometimes I'll hear, you know, purists with house, like house music purists, they're like, oh, that's not even house. That's not even, I'm like, but if it makes you move, it makes you dance, then, you know, that's kind of cool, right? You know? Well, because there's always something that made, you know, you know, how did techno, how did electronic music get mm-hmm. into techno, right. get into right. EDM, to get into trance, to get into mm-hmm. side trance? Somebody went exactly. and did broke a rule. Yeah. So, so it's nothing wrong with right. breaking the rule. I mean, jazz is like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, fusion came out of mm-hmm. bebop, and if you're a bebop guy, you're gonna say, "Well, fusion's that that's not right. real jazz." But like, okay, <laughs> it comes out of mm-hmm. bebop, and it it was different than bebop, and it's, you know, so it would never exist if somebody didn't say, "Well, I don't want right. bebop anymore." Right. I kind of like <laughs> so, it's kind of like you know, it's kind of like food, right? Like when you say, "Oh, this is Mexican food and this is Chinese food," but if you can maybe find a way to fuse some flavors with some yeah, dishes, food, yeah, you know, it people could want it. work. Yeah, <laughs> it could work. I mean. You know, some peers. You get bored with the same recipe. The reason why a new restaurant comes along is they come up with something different. Right. You know? And I think yeah. musicians, we come up with a new mm-hmm. recipe. You know, we're like the mm-hmm. chefs 
a sound, you know, <laughs> we, right. like you figure out, it's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to change this a little bit. Mm-hmm. And suddenly the blues is now funk, you know, right? and then, mm-hmm. you know, and then funk, you know, is soul and then soul is funk. And then, yeah. then soul is new, new and neo soul, you know, yep. it's some, somehow you come up with a new, new flavor and then, you know, suddenly mm-hmm. you've got like a whole new thing coming back, you know, you get yeah. the retro soul. You get right. people trying to sound like, you know, the old, like Marvin Gaye, you know, trying mm-hmm. to bring that back. You get people yeah. like Amy Winehouse. She tried to mm-hmm. bring back that kind of girl 50s group uh, thing going on, like the, the Ronettes. She mm-hmm. basically, in the modern age, brought back like O-Town mm-hmm. Ronette. With the hair. Girls group. Yeah, with her whole vibe <laughs> with this very kind of Motown yeah. girl, girl group. And specifically, mm-hmm. a group like Phil. Yeah. She was channeling like the Ronettes with mm-hmm. a modern kind of hip hop sound, but yeah. having this 50s sound yeah. in it. Mm-hmm. And it was I, just phenomenal, you know, yeah. what she was able yeah. to do because she got, mm-hmm. she is a hybrid of mm-hmm. multiple things, you know, and that's, right. that's how you get something new. Mm-hmm. It's ref- It was definitely refreshing. It's refreshing to see people who kind of take something from the past, but at the same time, they, they, rele- they are relevant because they apply a lot of, you know, the modern modern elements to it. And that's also how I think, you know, you're able to capture people's attention. Like you're, you're, you're very hard to ignore when you have some classic in you, but also some modern in you, right? Yeah, I mean, a lot of your, your tracks, like I mentioned, they, uh, Bloom and E11, I, but Visage the Bass, <laughs> you know, that one I really, don't, I like the feel because it's got that groove. Yeah. And I like how your lyrics integrated with the with oh, wow. they, those guys yeah, doing. Yeah, that's awesome because yeah, I mean, weird. when they they just played it for me in the studio and they said, "Okay, we want you to do this," and I we just it just happened so fast, and you know the sometimes it's good. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it's good not to overthink. Right, it. and then we just <laughs> released it the week after, and he said, "Oh wow, we just released a record," <laughs> and we had just met, so he said, "I said I think we got something going here," and. That's how we just kind of kept working together because when we're at the studio, it just, we don't disagree, you know, we just kind of, oh, I. Well, that's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, that's, that's a whole thing about right. a band, you know, when you create mm-hmm. a band, it's because yeah, it yeah. clicks. Like when you get a, like a rock, traditional rock band set up, like the Beatles mm-hmm. or the Eagles or, you know, any, any of the big rock groups, right? It's because suddenly when you go in that studio and you come up with a track, mm-hmm everybody's got the vibe and it works yeah yeah you know and the same thing happens with like you know lyricists and vocalists and producers mm-hmm. when you've got the right team it just yeah. works mm-hmm. you know and there's sometimes when you just like you keep on working on something because you're just dedicated but i always find just as a musician you know playing for 25 mm-hmm. years the things that take that mm-hmm. easy they come easy sometimes you're like well that can't be good because it was so easy. <laughs> yeah but that's not that's not true because sometimes like you pick up that vibe and it it, it is mm-hmm. easy, and and it and it sometimes those are my most true pure things you that's ever true. write, because, because they're not tortured and they don't take forever, and it just yeah, happens organically, you know, organically. And those things people have a tendency. Why well, I need to work mm-hmm. harder, and 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 you have a, a danger when you're a musician that you take something that the first three takes were the most honest takes by the time you get to take yeah. 27 
you can definitely, correct it. Definitely, <laughs> definitely, that's for sure happened. You have to kind of know. You have to know which one is that. You know, the early versions. Tend yeah, to be better. I agree. <laughs> and sometimes when you're mixing too, you just you're just listening to it so many times you don't even know what sounds if it sounds good anymore. <laughs> you're just like, okay, I'm over this. And I don't know. Sometimes I feel that way. I, I and uh, lucky my sound engineer he tells me don't overthink it. You know, like once you hear. Yeah, something yeah. that you like just stick with it and that's it because the more you meddle with it it's just probably you're just yeah i think if you want to listen i watched a documentary mm -hmm. with elton john and he's a big mm -hmm. hit maker right he said in the 70s when he did like the yellow brick road album which has a bunch of his hits yeah everything was like the second or third take nice and he said it's like if we tried to do it more than that it wasn't yeah it work Mm -hmm. And we kind of just believed in ourselves. You know what? If we can't get it on the second wow. or third take, that, it's not yeah. meant to be. And I think you have to kind of, as a musician, you got to mm -hmm. get to the point sometimes where you, where you, where you mm -hmm. realize that. Yeah. Um, you have to know when and to And I stop. think the musicians I've read about that are really got like a lot of really good songs seem to have run into this scenario mm -hmm. where second, third takes tend to, tend to be mm -hmm. like the one that they yeah. do. Yeah, I mean, we also have the a rule in the studio where after four hours, that's it, we're done recording because anything after that is probably just going to sound tired or, you know, just... Yeah, you got to yeah. burn it out. You, to me, you burn out the honesty. The mm -hmm. whole thing is like, you know, if you're a poet, mm -hmm. the first couple lines mm -hmm. you write are probably the most true thing that mm -hmm. you wrote. And then if you keep on revising, you're actually taking the yeah, honesty out of it. That's true. And I think I think with if you talk to painters and musicians and actors, it seems. And I've done interviews with the poets and actors, and they all kind of say the same thing. I had an actress mm -hmm. in New York City, and she said, "You know, if I do a bunch of takes, I, I always tell the directors like my second, first, second take is my best." Yeah, because I was really feeling it. If you keep on yeah. making me redo it, I'm going to start gone. not being being more robotic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to be more robotic, and it's not going to have any emotion. Yeah, I agree. You know, <laughs> I agree. I was recording. You have to come back the next day. Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. Come back the next day. Mm -hmm. You're just not satisfied with it anymore. Yeah, it's better to take a break. I mean, I'd rather take a break from a song mm -hmm. and come back to it like three months mm -hmm. later or, you know, a year later if I wasn't doing it and then reapproach yeah. it than to go do it for six months just working on yeah. one track. Oh, yeah. You get really tired from I, that. <laughs> yeah, I think there are people that kind of burn themselves mm -hmm. out doing it that way. And it's like, mm -hmm. okay, I mean, that's the way you choose to work. But I think it's better to just mm -hmm. like, you know, try to be mm -hmm. as um, improvisational or kind of stream of consciousness mm -hmm. tends to really be closer to what their real intention mm -hmm. is. And then you can refine mm -hmm. it here and there. But a lot, a lot of real good work Mm -hmm. is really you know that universal thing that you somehow you got it and and a lot of yeah. people feel guilty mm -hmm. that they got it and they feel they got to work mm -hmm. harder and it's not something they actually have to right do. <laughs> mm -hmm. i mean for me like i've been playing music mostly by ear so i'm a big believer in that like i really play with feeling and you know if if my heart's not in it i'm not gonna do it you know <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as a singer, I think you you have to. Feel yeah, or else it it translates in the microphone. Yeah. It translates in the in the in the record, for sure.
you got a feeling. Yeah, you totally got a feeling. If you're not feeling it, I don't know why you right. want to sit there and spend hours <laughs> if you're not feeling it. You know, that's very true. <laughs> I've definitely like met. You know, there's some managers that they're like, we want you to sing in this song and we want you to do this, but I just did. I I found more you know excitement in kind of learning how to do it myself and creating my own sort of sound instead of you know doing it for someone else who's already kind of made it for me i'm like mm, that's cool but i don't think that's why i'm i, I do music you know i think <laughs> yeah i think when you have your own yeah vision, that's right? exactly what it is it's hard to have somebody trying mm-hmm. to take it over and some people kind of subjugate their vision mm-hmm. to somebody else because they want to get right. the benefit of doing that but then is that right. your sound mm-hmm. or, or are you doing somebody else's mm-hmm. sound i think to me as a producer i have mm-hmm. my own sound right and sometimes i'll link with somebody that i think is gonna make that mm-hmm. sound better but i never want to link with somebody i think is gonna make it or sound not or, or not authentically <laughs> you like you're not feeling yeah, what yeah, they make yeah if it's yeah. Not me, yeah i mean i'm not gonna bend to be in their sound unless right. i want to go that same way here same here that's why i think i just was really patient you know i i knew that if i just kept going and doing my own thing i will find the people that are kind of on the same wavelength and we can yeah you definitely yeah. found them <laughs> some yeah. of these tracks you definitely found some people that you've got a really good synchronicity with you've got a really so. good vibe um on some of these tracks yeah i i, I look forward to your 2021 tracks because <laughs> you have some really good stuff I, mean, I put them on repeat i've got them on my favorite you know? <laughs> thank you so, so yeah we're gonna we're gonna actually put the link um to your spotify awesome. because we're actually part of spotify anchor fm is a spotify nice. company and um and we, we're gonna put the link to your main profile on mm-hmm. this episode awesome. but we also get published on 11 other platforms including apple nice. and google and many many other ones like radio public and overcast so what happens when we publish it goes out to 11 podcast platforms very all cool and so, so then you'll you'll see we'll give you the link to the spotify and the apple okay. and the anchor and if you go out to any of these other podcast companies like overcast and radio public in the next day or two they'll be out there but immediately uh, apple and spotify and anchor will have this um, podcast available awesome. within an hour that's great and we're going to promote it on our instagram channel so what's cool is um there's a highlight on um instagram that goes right to the spotify mm-hmm. podcast and uh spotify podcast what people might not realize you don't have to have a spotify subscription to listen to a spotify mm. podcast so if you send somebody the link on spotify they don't actually have to be a subscribing member to actually right. listen to it they can listen to it without having a subscription and they'll be able to hear it. Nice, nice. I will be promoting it for sure. Well, thank you for being on the show because we love talking to indie musicians and you have some really good work (laughs) out here. We love to hear like your new new music for 2021. If you want to have a premiere show to talk about your new tracks, when you have new tracks available, let us know. And we always schedule people to be on the show multiple times. We had some guests on three, four times. Um, so yeah, if you've got some more stuff to push, more music to let mm-hmm. everybody know about, we'll we'll be glad to have you on. Thank you so much. Thanks for all your support. Um, definitely looking forward to releasing all this new music and um, getting to chat with you again. I learned a lot. <laughs> it was such a pleasure. 
Well, thank you for being on the show. Everybody go out to Bad Cheetah on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, and uh, check out our music. Uh, I'll be diving to it again after I jump, <laughs> jump off the show. But uh, we'll, we'll be pushing this out within the next hour, so uh, we'll send you a link when it's ready. Thank you very much for being on the show. Everybody go listen to Bad Cheetah. <laughs> thank you for being on our program. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Right.